Welcome, welcome, welcome into the QC Hornet's Nest, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. And each week, we'll have the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. In our latest episode, I check in with Cody Martin, and we get into why is he playing so well this season? Also, what's it been like to deal with the crazy health and safety protocols issues the Hornets have had to kind of be involved in these last couple of days? And also, what's it been like not having twin brother Caleb around for the first time in years? And how's that changed things potentially for the better for him and his brother? All right, so are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. So, not much has happened since we spoke last, huh? Incredible, incredible last week or so for the Hornets, what they've had to deal with. I mean, when you think about it, it was just... You know, last Wednesday that they were in Milwaukee, took the defending champion Bucks to last basically play the game and lost on Giannis's layup with two seconds left. That had them feeling really good about themselves. Even though they were in the midst of a three-game losing streak, you know, had lost in Houston and then got beat in Chicago and then LaMelo Ball and Lonzo Ball. The Ball Brothers Ball, as I call it, or excuse me, the Brothers Ball, as I call it. <laughs> but it's to see the Hornets just go from that to having at first four guys out in the league's health and safety protocols to then five guys out when Ish Smith was added on Monday, just minutes before tip off against the Philadelphia 76ers. But to have the mellow ball to have Terry Rozier to have Mason Plumley, who obviously are three starters to also have Jalen McDaniels, a bench player who was getting significant minutes. And at some point was one of the most trusted players that James Borrego was using off the bench to lose all those guys and to go to Atlanta still and beat the Hawks two weeks after you lost to them in Atlanta with your full complement of players, to me just shows just how wacky the season is for the Hornets. It's just hard to <laughs> at times put a finger on exactly which team is going to show up. But what we have learned in these few games since they haven't had their entire roster is a couple of things. The first being that these guys are playing above their heads in terms of nobody, for the most part, give them any chance in any of these games because they're missing just so much talent. But to not only win in Atlanta, but to come back and take the Sixers to overtime the next night and a game you, they probably should have won, and then to be leading in the fourth quarter again against Philadelphia on Wednesday and to just lose that game in the end. As I wrote, there's no moral victories in the NBA. You know, that's not what these guys get paid to do. They get paid to win games, and that's the bottom line. But when you look at what they've been facing over the last week and change, what they've been able to do has been no short of remarkable. And you have to give a little bit of credit to James Borrego for that. And Doc Rivers actually did after the second game when they played in, uh, on Wednesday and said that James Borrego has the Hornets doing a lot of different things that maybe people don't see to the untrained eye. So you can check out exactly what he said in 
my article, but the Hornets definitely have found a little something with the young players. And that's the second thing that's come out of this whole scenario that's been, you know, unfortunate in many regards. Cause, you know, the Hornets have dealt with this a little bit. Seems like, like, just like every other team, but now it's their turn. When you have JT Thor out there and James Booknight, two rookies who people have been clamoring to see a little bit of, more so obviously Booknight because he's the number 11 draft pick that was playing really well in Summer League along obviously with Kai Jones. But to see JT Thor emerge a little bit and come in knowing that he can play with the guys in the NBA and for James Booknight to make some of his athletic plays and go out there and help the Hornets keep it close in the fourth quarter of a game shows to me, shows you just how good the Hornets can be long-term. One of their major issues they've had over the last few years is depth. They've had to rely on just one or two players to go out there and get tons of buckets or else they wouldn't have a chance to win. That's different now. They have a lot of players who not only can score, but can contribute in a variety of ways using their versatility and playmaking ability to go out there and help this team in, in, in different ways. Whether that's Kelly Oubre coming off the bench or starting, whether that's Miles Bridges trying to show he's more of a playmaker out there, hit his three-point shot, whether it's Nick Richards contributing a little bit to kind of show he can be a rim protector and he can finish alley-oops and dump off passes. You have to like what you've seen in that regard from the Hornets. Again, it's a results-oriented business, and the bottom line is wins. But for them to get through this stretch they've been going through and to play the way they have, and not only have they not gotten blown out in these games, they could easily be 3-0 with those three first three games leading into this weekend's action to conclude their homestand before hitting the road again for another long road trip. But the Hornets have had a wacky week, but despite all that, they still held their heads above water, so to speak. And you have to give them a lot of credit for that because I don't think anybody expected that once the news broke, they were going to be missing four key guys potentially for 10 days. So we'll see exactly how things shake out when they start getting players back, which should start happening potentially soon. Start trickling back over at the weekend, potentially, depending on how their testing goes. Remember, they have to have either two negative tests within 24 hours or that 10-day span in between that first positive test and then that 10-day period. So, again, we'll see how it all shakes out for the Hornets, but it's going to be very interesting to see how things work themselves out and how they can just figure the next step once they get their full complement of players back and available. All right, time for our mailbag now. And I want to thank you guys for sending your questions in and being a little interactive with me. They're very good questions that you guys submitted this week. To start with one that's kind of similar to something that a couple of different people asked. And this question comes from Drew, whose Twitter handle is at Hugh Stroh's Broncos. A similar question to something that James Plowright, the British Buzz, also asked. 
And that is, has JT Thor played well enough to earn a spot when everyone returns from health and safety protocols? And the answer to me is yes. JT is a very intriguing player for a number of reasons. His length alone just kind of wow you because you see just how long he is. I mean, his first bucket was that that M one, that dunk, and he just kind of came out of nowhere, it seemed like. And he also is a pretty good three-point shooter. So if you put those two things together, that's a really good combination and one that the Hornets, I'm, I'm pretty sure, are salivating at knowing the potential that he has. So I can definitely see him at some point getting some minutes or two. The question is, who would he take him from? And I guess that's one thing right now with Jalen McDaniels. You have to kind of just wait and see how that shakes out when he returns from health and safety protocols because right now, JT Thor, again, is too early. He hasn't done it for more than just a couple of games. But you see a little bit of that promise, a little bit of that just something that you can't describe a little bit, but you just know it's there. And he has that. So to me, he's a person, a player, excuse me, you definitely want to keep an eye on because I think he's at some point going to become a part of rotation just because of his length and his ability to shoot the ball and bring his defender away from the basket and be a rim protector and just a variety of things. You put his length out there and you play a matchup zone or something like that and it can cause problems. So that's a very good question. The biggest thing for us and our team is that it's changing lineups. You know, we're having a lot of lineups that normally don't play together in the amount of minutes and stuff like that. So we're kind of learning stuff on the fly, gaining chemistry along the way. And I think that we've done a pretty good job, you know, considering the, the, the circumstances. But, you know, I think that, you know, there's things that we can improve on as a team to help close games out and minimize in terms of our turnover, in terms of our turnovers and things like that. And I think if we take care of that, you know, it will still be fine, you know, but it's always going to be nice to have those guys come back. And when they do, it's going to benefit our team as it was before. So what's the mentality been like? You mentioned that you know, not having those guys and guys like yourself and do having different lineups. But when you don't have the players who you used to playing with, how difficult is it to be put into a different role? Like right now, yeah. you're playing a little bit of point guard out there. What's right. that like? I mean, you know, I played point guard in college and I actually really love playing point guard. I just haven't played in a while. So it kind of just happened on the fly and, you know, with different plays and you're kind of thrown into a different role. So, you know, I, you know, I, I enjoy the challenge and, you know, it is different. It would be difficult to, to do stuff like that. But, you know, I study film, I watch film, I've worked my game and, you know, I've, you know, I've worked on a lot of my game throughout the summer just in case things like this happen to where I'm prepared and it's not uncomfortable, even known as um, the situation is different. It's just about trying to be comfortable in those situations and kind of just adjusting to the environment and just doing whatever I do. I got to do to help us win um, personally. So. And you mentioned that, like, you're working out, like, you're one of the last guys here. Most lot players are already gone for the day, man. You're sure. one of the last players to leave. How much has that helped you get to where you're at right now, just sure. getting your, your comfort level, working on your game and just things that you have to kind of improve on out there? Yeah, I think for me it's just been about, like, consistency in terms of, you know, because I – I've always done this and, and worked on my body and stayed after and shot and things like that, whether I was playing 40 minutes, whether I was playing 20 or I was playing none, you know, and that's just something that, you know, I, I learned that from the vets and stuff when I first got here 
and before I got here with um, even like Ramon Session and JaVel McGee, guys like that, that kind of helped, you know, me coming into the league, just about how to stay in the league and what's going to help benefit you, whether it's your diet, your sleep, all that stuff that everybody knows. But, you know, it's a long season. There's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, but at the end of the day, I just make sure I got to take care of this stuff first and be as consistent as possible on this end to help you know, put me in a situation so that I am prepared for the games and, and things like that. You've had a breakout season so far. I know it's only, what, 25 to 26 games, whatever it is, but right. uh, can you explain just what it's like to be able to just get the level you're at right now, knowing that a lot of people doubted you and weren't sure right. you could even get to the point you're at right now? Uh, it's just about, uh, you know, I have a really good support system and it, does, it didn't really matter who believed me and who didn't. I knew that the people who believed in me, that mattered to me, that was in my life. And, you know, obviously it helps with um, the, our coaching staff and our teammates that believe in me and obviously throughout time you have to gain that trust for them to believe in you and you know and at the end of the day I have to believe in myself and I always have and I've always been able to adjust in any kind of environment and, and, and to me I feel like I'm an adaptive person and, and that's just what I do and you know I've continuously said that I'm going to continue to work and improve in my game uh, my mental you know just learning and kind of just being a sponge for the game and continuously to work on my game and just just stay confident. Now, going to the weekend action, man, you're leading the league in three-point percentage, 50%. Right. I mean, you're number one. Um, does that even register? And then how did you even get to that point when you think about it? To be honest with you, I, I really stopped caring and thinking about percentages. I just, you know, like I said before, the season even started and I was going to shoot the ball more. I was going to shoot um, more threes and just not try to limit myself mentally and, and, and overthink shots that I, I know mm -hmm. I should be taking and I know that I can make and just understand the, the work I put in this summer and and utilizing that and, and just playing with confidence whether or not you know like I think I said it in a prior interview before where it's just about not focusing so much on the results and just letting it go and just playing with confidence and taking shots and being comfortable you know adjusting to the three the three-point line because that's something I never really did throughout my career, mm -hmm. even when I was in college. And even when I started shooting the ball better in college, I never, my main focus was never shooting threes. I relied a lot on my mid-range shot, got to the got to the cup. I just did what I was really good at. And, um, you know, since I got here, that's a big emphasis for our team is to shoot the three. And I know I could always shoot. I just never really, you know, took advantage of that. And my brother shot all the threes, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so he did enough for both of us, but, it's just about adjusting, like I said before, just being adaptive to the environment and just working on my game. And you mentioned not overthinking things a little bit too much out there. Um, talking about overthinking things, we talked about that before previously. Right. Um, when you were getting the shots and they were they were there, you were almost thinking not wanting to take that shot, right? Or trying yeah. to figure out if you want to go drive or whatever, you kind of in between. Right. How have you kind of changed that part of your game? It, it was a combination of a, a lot of things. Uh, some of it was just more or less worried about the results. Some of it was worried about percentages. Some of it was worried about if it was a good shot, bad shot. Some of it was just worried about, um, you know, just being comfortable mm -hmm. shooting, the, shooting the, the three ball. And, I, you know, I kind of for me now, it's just about understanding that if you don't take those shots, you end up almost hurting your team more than you do helping. And those are good shots. Those are good shots for me. I put a lot of work in the summer and throughout my career to not take those shots and to not be comfortable taking those shots regardless of the results. So, you know, and my, my teammates see that I work on my game all the time, my coaching staff, you know, I put a lot of work in mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I'm going to 
when I get in those situations, just be comfortable and understand and just be confident in my work. So. And then uh, just a couple more. Can you explain your brother right now? He's playing obviously really well. He killed it. You know, had a game winning bucket, I think, a couple nights ago. Can you explain how you guys being apart? What's up, Mom? Right, well, see how you guys being apart has helped you, if at all? Yeah. How has it helped you guys, you think? Um, I just think that, you know, when when we when we're, when we're in situations that could be uncomfortable, like I said before, it's just about adjusting. And we understand that. I feel like me and my brother are guys that um, um, know how to adapt on the fly and try not to take a lot of things personal and just trying to figure out what the situation is and how to fit that situation, whatever role that is, whatever role that needs to be filled, um, that we're able to do that and then kind of find our way throughout the system. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I feel like that's helped us throughout our career. Obviously, this is our first time playing without each other. And I think if anything, that kind of allowed us to kind of think or be on our own in terms of being out there on the court and not just not overthink stuff mm -hmm. and kind of more selfishly think of yourself and kind of just, you know, worry about you and your team, where you're at and things like that while having that support, even though he's not here. So, and always still want each other to do the best and be our, each other's number one fan. So it's just kind of like um, understanding that he still has that support mm -hmm. and I still have that support, even though we're not on the same team for the first time. And then last thing, can you just explain also uh, this season for you, man? Like I said, it's been a breakout year for you. Uh, can you just explain what it's been like to be a part of this franchise? Because you're one of the guys who is a homegrown talent. They kind of groomed you, drafted you. Like, there's not very many players who actually can can say that about their you know their career. Right. The Hornets, I guess, look at you as one of the players who actually took and kind of groom right. from the ground up. Just what about that? How much do you appreciate them believing in you right. get to the point you're at right now, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that means a lot because, like you said, there's not a lot of people that, that can say that they got to do that. And it just shows that they have that trust and that faith in me to be able to adjust and, and grow and within my, my game, within confidence, and, and just to continue to work. and. You know, I, I know that they understand my work ethic and how much I want to win and um, whatever I'm willing to do to make sure that we're in a position to win, whatever that is. So it just means a lot coming from them and, and seeing that and, so, and and them showing that they have that confidence within me to go out there and do whatever needs to be done, play, do my role and, try, and do it to the best of my ability and just continue to work and, and grow individually, whether that's, you know, on the court and off the court, and, you know, be there for my teammates. And even though I am a newer guy in the league, still have that almost better feel where I am an older guy that, you know, even though I haven't been in the league a, a long time, I have that experience. And we have a lot of guys and young guys on the team that I can share that experience with. I want to thank Cody Martin for joining us and giving us a moment of his time. As you guys can tell, he's very insightful and really in-depth about a lot of different subjects. So many thanks to Cody Martin for blessing us with a few moments of his time during his busy schedule. So now let's look ahead to what the Hornets have coming up. They finish off the homestand against the Kings on Friday night. And after that game, it's back to the road once again for the Hornets, which seems like the common theme for them this season. At some point, 
even when they come back home for what seemed like a game or two at tops, it's back on the road for an extended road trip. And it's no different this time. It's actually going to be uh, a very long one. It's going to be a six game low trip, excuse me, six game road trip. And on top of that, it's actually, they played seven of the next eight games to finish the calendar year away from home. The road trip begins in Dallas on Monday before continuing in Texas and San Antonio on Wednesday. Then it's up to the Pacific Northwest to take on Portland before they come back and take on Phoenix, Utah, and finish the road trip off in Denver two days before Christmas. So the Hornets are going to be on the road for a good solid two weeks. And that's going to be a tough test for them because you're going to have most likely players coming back from this health and safety protocol list. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see just how much they have their legs and if they have their wind and if their cardio and all these different things are what they should be because it's impossible to simulate playing an NBA game and you're not even allowed to go to the facility and be amongst your own teammates. It's very difficult to just seamlessly come back in. So at least the road trip for the Hornets is something that they can kind of get back in their usual bunker mentality and, and go out there and try to figure out a way to get back as a unit. So that way when the holidays are about done and, and the schedule kind of turns more in their favor in terms of home games starting in January and they can be ready for the next phase. But right now, they're going to have to just do the best they can to tread water for the rest of the calendar year because the schedule, man, it doesn't get easy at all from here on out. Okay, so in this week's Did You Know section, that I like to bring to you guys every week where I give you some kind of random factoid that you may not have been otherwise aware of. I mentioned earlier, speaking to Cody about his three-point shooting, just him leading the NBA in percentage behind the arc going into the weekend action. The Hornets as a team have two guys in the top 10 in three-point percentage in the NBA. And obviously one of them is Cody Martin. The other guy is P.J. Washington. P.J. entered the weekend seventh at 44.8%, which is, you know, no slouch, but it's not 50% like Cody Martin was hitting. But what's crazy about it is the Hornets are only one of two teams in the entire league to have multiple players in the top 10 and three-point percentage. The other team is the Brooklyn Nets. And that's Patty Mills and Joe Harris. But Joe Harris recently had surgery. He's going to be out for a while. So at some point, he's going to drop out because he's not going to have enough attempts. So the Hornets right now, having Cody Martin and P.J. Washington in the top 10 in three-point percentage, just shows just where things are with this season. It's been a wild one for the Hornets. And I don't think Anybody would have bet any incredible amount of money that Cody Martin would be leading the NBA in three-point field goal percentage at any point during the season. 
I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the QC Hornets Nets. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for a special subscription offer, click the link in my stories where it says support my work with a digital subscription. All right. Until next time, we out.